0: Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Welcome back to the Vancouver Life Real Estate YouTube channel and podcast. Um, We're seeing the market move incredibly fast still. It it seems every week we have so much valuable information to share with you. And A quick ask here out of the gate is, um, do you know about the YouTube bell? Um, If you're a subscriber, first, thank you so much. But second, if you hit that little bell, um, it's actually going to send you all notifications about our channel so that you get access to our stuff and get notified about it first. So you can stay on top of the market and we can get you all the timely information as quick as possible. So let's dive right into it because lots to go over today. Um, Like Ryan just mentioned, The Canadian housing supply is literally plummeting, so much so that I'm sure if you've been out there house hunting even lately, you know how tight it's been, especially this year. Um, But even over the last few years, um, it has been incredibly tight with inventory, so much so that since 2015, in just six short years, the amount of homes available for sale is less than half.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the doesn't sound like very good planning to me (laughs) (laughs)
0: and let's let's be honest here too housing is less than half but the population has obviously been growing
1: yeah and i i think um you know we've we've had some other podcasts that we've talked about uh where we've seen uh, and and we've kind of talked about how sort of the demand side of the housing market is really uh we think, by design to some degree, right? And so when you start to look at, holy cow, where has our supply gone and dropped in the last six years? Well, if you go back to the 1970s and you go all the way to uh, sort of the mid-2010s, Canada's uh, population uh, per decade grew by about 3.1 million. Um, but we were building 1.3 million single-family homes per every 3.1 million um Uh, increase in population. So it's like by design, we were never building enough homes to continue the demand and uh, price appreciation of these assets, right? Um, And even in the the 2010s, if you will, population even surged to 4 million, but new homes actually fell to 1.1 million, even further increasing that disparity, right? So, uh, it's kind of a new story. I think it's exacerbated right now because of uh, the hot marketplace. But this isn't. This has been going on kind of all the time, <laughs> which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, and of course, as you can imagine, very simple economics of supply and demand. When there's more demand than supply. Prices are going to increase, and we've obviously been talking about this ever since, um, well, since start happening about eighteen months ago. But especially during the pandemic, it has, as Ryan mentioned, exacerbated. And Vancouver, because we talk about it so much, you know, has that average of about fourteen percent increase in your average home price year over year. But let's take more of a macro look and, and see what's happening nationally here too, because while everyone's thinking Vancouver is just so blown out and things are happening so quick at that fourteen percent. Vancouver's actually fourth in line when it comes to price appreciation amounts. Uh, Ryan, why don't you start off with the the biggest one of the year?
1: Yeah, and this might not come as a surprise. I think a lot of of people in Canada might know this, but Ottawa is the leader. And Ottawa has absolutely smashed this last year, uh, growing 35% in one year. I mean, that is... Uh, We saw those kind of numbers back in 2014, 15 here, I think is when we saw that 16 is when we started to see sort of 30% year over year growth, but didn't last long. I don't think it was two, three years and then everything went up by a (laughs) hundred percent. But that being said, you know, uh, you look at Montreal was close behind that at 29% and, um, Toronto at 18%. And then you got Vancouver here sitting at 14%. And, and we don't even... We're about, what is it, about 11% behind the actual national average in terms of price growth, right? Canada's overall price growth is at 25%. So <laughs> Vancouver is, is... I think the problem with Vancouver is the price of entry is already so high. So that 14% yeah. growth is so unaffordable for a lot of people comparatively to, say, Ottawa. But even Toronto and Montreal... Those those markets are expensive markets now. So to see those, you know, at twenty nine and eighteen percent respectively, and then Canada overall at twenty five percent, it's it's some staggering growth numbers, right? Yeah, Mon- and-
0: Montreal, Ottawa, they didn't see that twenty sixteen run up as much as the the West Coast did here, but clearly they're they're seeing it this year, and it's mm-hmm. kind of this great leveling, like you said, right? We're kind of seeing the East Coast prices starting to inch up to hit West Coast numbers as well. And, you know, with that 25%, it's bringing your average Canadian home up in value by about $140,000 since this point last year. And keep in mind, this is essentially, if you're selling and it's your primary residence, this is tax-free money, right? One hundred forty grand. So you've got two things happening. I mean, obviously, on the one side, you've got everyone who is a homeowner is, in essence, happy and, and feeling wealthy. And seeing these price appreciation numbers kind of build their confidence in, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in their consumer confidence, which we're seeing in the CPI, of course, but it's also on the other side, you're seeing people that are just seeing this happen right in front of them and hearing these stories every day. And they're like, it's no wonder they're going to do anything they can to kind of jump on that train and and become part of this seemingly endless movement of, of upward pricing.
1: Well, I mean, even if, you know, even if you're late to it and you end up buying a million dollar place and, you know, in the last part of the year, it goes up by 3%, well, 3% of a million bucks is 30 grand, right? And as far as I'm concerned, you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, especially people who have um, an income that is predictable, um, how else are they going to make an additional $30,000, $40,000, you know, um, tax-free? right? And it's by owning a home. So it's no wonder that so many people are trying to buy homes right now. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of these lessons were learned by um, the generation sort of in front of ours. And, you know, they've been passing on these gains to their children and saying, you know, we're going to take some of our, our gains and help you um, continue on that path. Because it's one of the best ways to create wealth and equity in Canada is by owning your personal home. So it doesn't surprise me at all. And I don't think it's going anywhere. I mean, even even when you look in the States, um, you know, the average price of a home in the States is about pre-pandemic levels was $280,000. It's now $360,000, right? So even in the States, we're seeing, you know, close to $100,000 gain year over a year, right? So... Um, and, and you got to wonder, I mean, they're running at a 5% inflation rate down there too. So, you know, it's no wonder people are feeling rich and they're wanting to spend if, if they're, if they're homeowners, right. Or if they have mm-hmm. recently bought.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, and of course, locally here, uh, starting off on that high number, I mean, what's going to happen now with that 14% increase locally. I mean, we're, we must be seeing, you know, numbers that are, are all time highs locally and, uh, you might have some questions about what your property is worth.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's a, um, that's a really good point. I mean, if you live in, in the Vancouver core uh, or, or in the GVRD, generally speaking, and you're wondering what that 14% means to you and your home, uh, you definitely got to reach out to us and, and ask, and, and it won't take us long to let you know kind of where it's at, what it's worth and how to maximize that value. So please do reach out. So with, with these type of price
0: appreciations that we're seeing uh, it's no wonder really that homeowners have hit a record high in equity positions in their home. Uh, That number, it's the highest in 30 years. It's up, (laughs) (laughs) it's up gosh, about uh, 5% from the nineties and has just hit 76.5%. Wow. Right. So over three quarters of people's home, is equity. Meaning there's less than 20, there's about 23 and percent is in mortgage debt and 76.5% is in equity.
1: That's incredible. And, and that speaks to, uh, good financial practices. <laughs> if you ask me, it doesn't sound very risky at that kind of levels, right? That's, yeah.
0: And especially enticing when you've got interest rates this low, and especially when, you know, you're paying down such a high level, about two thirds of your principal pay down right now with the current, Uh, interest rates on mortgages, right? Every payment two thirds is going towards that equity position.
1: And not like in the eighties when you were after five years, you had paid down about (laughs) 3.8% of your home.
0: (laughs) So again, looking at it from a bit more of a macro level, you know, we know that homes out here average what, about $1.1, $1.2 million now. Um, Canada, your average is about $677,000. Um, but that still means the average Canadian homeowner has over half a million dollars in equity in their primary residence. And I so. think maybe maybe <laughs> another way of looking at this too, because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, the, the, the real estate market is fragile and, and a couple, you know, basis points in interest rate increase is just going to collapse the whole thing. You could literally see prices across Canada for homes drop seventy five percent, which I don't think will ever happen, mm-hmm. and yet people would still—the average Canadian would still be above water. They would still have more equity in their house and not have to sell. Yeah, uh, with the uh, debt.
1: Another thing that we've, you know, we've talked, we've touched on it before in, in previous episodes, and it was, um, you know, it's something about it's something around fifty percent of Canadians. Um, have a mortgage on their home there's also another fifty percent that don't right so if interest rates all of a sudden became very expensive um, it's still you 've got half the marketplace that would be relatively unaffected in terms of their their major asset right so it's it's easy to look at a situation like this and think well it 's getting overheated it's going to pop it's going to burst it 's going to correct. Well, when you start really pulling apart these numbers here, I don't see it. I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, there's there's going to be outliers. Sure. There's some people that you know maybe bought at the absolute height and they're totally stretched on their mortgage. They can afford it today, but maybe yeah. they can't afford it in five years if interest rates do hit a much higher number. That's right. And you have to definitely recognize those are the outliers. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that, yes, the media will focus on. And you're going to hear some horror stories because they will exist. Yeah. But... Look at the data. Look deeper. The The foundation of Canadian real estate is so incredibly stable when you look at it from this sort of vantage point and you recognize how many people don't have to sell if the market even drops 50% because they still have more equity in their home than debt, then you realize that, okay, you know, th- there's no reason to panic and these people won't panic. And again, we are talking about the vast majority, right? 70, over 75% of Canadians are homeowners. That's and right. Over, and seventy six percent, and of those, fifty percent are mortgage free, and of yeah. the balance, or you know, or, or sorry, the combined average, seventy six percent is equity. So, yeah. it's very it, it allows you to, I guess, look and understand why people are feeling confident in Canadian housing, even more so, right? And again, it's been over seventy percent equity for you know since, since uh, the nineties for over thirty years here. It's continuing yeah. to be I, a stable asset class.
1: I think it also. You know, as if I was a, f- um, a foreign investor, um, or maybe I had recently got my um, uh, visa to come and live and work in Canada and buy a home. Um, to me, this speaks to incredible stability to put the vast majority of, of your cash, right? And it's, so, it's no wonder to me that it's it's so desirable from around the world um, in terms of real estate. Uh, it, it's it's protected. It's well thought out. Um, And the vast majority of the people buying uh, the vast majority of Canadians um, look after it and and treat it very seriously. Right. And and that that speaks to the numbers that we're talking about.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's move to the the next topic here, Ryan, where we've talked about in the history of the pandemic here. And for the first time in any recession, that household savings has been increasing Mm. and and by a lot Um, just last month alone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Savings deposits rose another 1.4% and is now at a record $120 billion more than
1: pre-pandemic. This is Ooh.
0: 21% higher, 20% more savings than just a year ago. Oh
1: my God. And you wonder why, well, you don't have to wonder why You know, the housing market's on fire. People are trying to take these savings and reinvest it, make the most of it. Right. Sure.
0: Well, and of course we still have government uh stimulus in place. And for the most part, we still don't have a lot of people having places to spend their money. So they're just saving, saving, saving.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so in terms of dollars, you know, that uh one hundred and twenty billion, right? It 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 basically means that it's an extra thirty eight hundred dollars for every single Canadian over the age of fifteen years old. Right. That's that's quite a bit of cash. Yeah. Right. Um, you also look at your debt to income ratio and it's at a six year low, right. Um, still at 165% <laughs> compared to the U S at 85%, right? Yeah. So, that,
0: that's, that's an interesting number. And maybe we dig a little deeper into that yeah. one because great that the debt to income ratio is dropping, but uh, Canada still by far the highest in the G7. I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're double the debt income yeah. ratio to our neighbors, to the South. So
1: this is, is this a point where we talk about good debt versus bad debt?
0: (laughs) Well, that's also it, right? Because while we're talking about that and the number is extreme, you can't really dampen that number. You, it's not the whole story. And you also have to look at uh, almost record low default rates too. So yes, we're kind of, you know, operating at a really high level, but we're operating without Hmm. stress Uh, although it is a stressable kind of number but it's interesting because it's like you've got the this high debt but then you've got record high savings too so i think like ryan you just touched on i think there's a lot of good debt happening in there and of course understandably when you've got basically the banks and uh, the government saying yeah buy houses we're going to protect them and keep rates low so people are getting wealthy off of that debt
1: yeah uh, totally i mean um your household debt to asset ratio is at fifteen percent, that's the lowest in twenty years.
0: yeah, right. and that really really talks to that debt to income ratio because you exactly. can't look at one without the other. yeah, you know if if our household debt is the lowest in twenty years, again, that's just going to add to confidence about mm-hmm. uh, your debt to income ratios. yeah
1: um that means it's easy to come up with a lot of cash, right? Yeah, if it's needed. That's, that's uh, and understandably, you know, your consumer confidence is going to be quite high, right? I, in fact, I think it's at an all-time high. <laughs> um,
0: that's very likely. Yeah, I mean, how could it not be right now when when people have more money than they've ever had?
1: Well, I mean, if we just take a uh, a second here, uh, just to touch on on uh, an anecdotal story. Uh, on Tuesday of this week, uh, we were in a multiple offer situation, um, and you know, over the last couple of months, we felt a little bit of tapering from the marketplace. It hasn't been quite as nuts as it was in March, um, but uh, you know, asset classes like townhomes are still going nuts, and uh, we were involved in one. Uh, the townhome was listed at eight hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars. It received six offers. Uh, three subject-free offers and sold um, for a million forty-six, and Jeez. that just goes to show, um, you know, the level of activity, the level of confidence that people are prepared to go and, and buy assets for right now, um, and it also speaks to the pre-approval limits and, and that kind of thing, right? So, still uh, a very healthy marketplace for for sellers, without a doubt. There you go. Um,
0: we've touched on it before it's still happening the wealth inequality when you look back at these numbers we've just discussed um you know with your average home going up $140,000 a year nationally um it's it's no wonder that you hear the stories like homeowners see a net worth increase uh of another $73,000 just in Q1 of 2021 holy cow And again, that's seventy three percent of Canadians, right? So, or seventy five percent of Canadians ish. um, And then you look at the other side. The renters only saw their net worth increase by about eight thousand dollars,
1: roughly ten percent, just over ten percent,
0: right? Right. So yeah,
1: exactly. You know. So I mean, if there's if there's anything you take away from this, um, it should be you should be trying to buy a home if you can. Um, It's it it will remain in my eyes the best investment that a canadian um, can make and you know you should be doing everything you can to save beg borrow steal to get into that marketplace um it's the best thing for your financial future right so um
0: yeah with all these people feeling so wealthy it does feel and of course with um Borders about to reopen, it sounds like, with the province open now, with restrictions really easing. I think the the, the spending spree is just about to begin, for yeah. real. I mean, we've seen a spending spree on homes, of course, uh, but I think the other attributes to life are about to
1: be purchased, like travel, of course. Yeah, restaurants are probably going to, I hope, they have a great summer, right? Um, they deserve it, you know? Same with uh, destinations and um you know we we'll like to see airlines get back up and and being profitable again, right but if you look at um, um that being said, I think there was something like seven point eight billion in permits that have been released for building too so there's a lot of new product um, that's going to be coming to feed some of this demand right but again it's 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 gonna take time to to hit the marketplace so
0: yeah, it, it is. Um, housing starts are high, which, which, again, you kind of have to look at that coming off of the low base effects of last year when everybody started, mm-hmm. when the developers pulled back because of the pandemic, that was released. Demand here, of course, is going to be released. Um, but because of, like we said, because the available units are literally half of what they were just six years ago. I mean, you look at the pre sale market, for example, and again, we're talking nationally, unsold inventory is below 10,000 units. Now, what does that mean? Because we don't have perspective. Well, if you look at the 10 year average, it's closer to 16,000
1: units. Holy cow.
0: <laughs> right? So even uh, pre-sold inventory nationally is what? Uh, 40% below the average. So things, you know, we've got people feeling wealthy. A lot of them are looking to, let's say the pre-sale market, for example, to invest in mm-hmm. some of those funds.
1: Well, I think that, uh, kind of wraps it up. I think for this week's episode, anyhow,
0: it does. Thank you so much as always for, for watching and listening. And if you're feeling like you're getting some value out of this, uh, we would love to see you guys subscribe buttons down there at the bottom. Uh, we do this every single week and we look forward to bringing you more timely information on this fast moving Vancouver. And of course, uh, now a little bit of a macro Canadian market look.
1: Cool. See you guys next week.